Hello, hello, and welcome to the ISV Society Podcast. I am your host, Amy Keenan, and I am so excited to be here and chat with you. So first off, you may be asking, what is the ISV Society? Well, it's a membership just for ISVs, where we collaborate, educate, and generate leads in an affordable way. From webinars to blogs, as well as monthly mastermind meetings, these are just some of the ways we're working together. This podcast is also another way to bring the content to you. There'll be marketing tips and tricks, ISV guests, as well as fellow marketing professionals. Just think of it as your one-stop shop, all things channel marketing. It's all about the power of collaboration. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. I am so excited for my guest this week. But first, I want to tell a little bit of a story on how she came on to my show. I was actually listening to a podcast uh, on an airplane, and it was the social media examiner, I think. And this she was on there talking about LinkedIn and I just loved everything that she was talking about. I learned so much and I'm thought, I thought, well, she would be great to have on my podcast as a guest because she has so much knowledge and, and insight to share and tips and tricks regarding LinkedIn. And I think my audience would love it. So here we are. Judy Fox is joining me today to talk about LinkedIn. Hello, Judy. Hello, I'm so excited to meet you through Social Media Examiner's yes. podcast. And <laughs> yeah, I think the way that we all find each other is so fascinating. And the fact that podcast lasts for years, mm -hmm. that's the really cool part. It is. And you have such a, so I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit about you. You have such an interesting story and background, and I think it would be great to share it with everybody. Yeah. So I started college in 1994 and I just got emails. So the internet of what we know today did not exist. The opportunities for careers in this field today did not exist. And yes. I got a chemical engineering degree. I loved math and science. And my dad is an engineer. My sister's an engineer. And I thought, well, there you go. I'll just be a chemical engineer. And what that led to is an understanding of process flow, um, just kind of navigating the world of understanding the unseen. I know mm -hmm. that sounds really interesting, but chemical engineering, you cannot really truly see what's happening when you're actually in that space. You have to envision reactions and you have to envision what the outcome is. And so with my, my mind and how I think about things, it actually started to make sense when I was making content on LinkedIn and I started posting and I got active on this platform and over the years, I started blogging. I've always been somebody that kind of likes, um, I pretended to have a radio station when I was eight years old. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> like, I was like, welcome to Kiss FM. And I don't even know. I was just making things up. So it's always been my personality. So basically, when I launched my own engineering consulting firm using LinkedIn and using the platform for business development and sales for my own business, that's how I started getting asked, hey, if you were able to do that for yourself, can you help our environmental consulting firm? Can you help our engineering firm? And those were my first contracts was working with clients to show them how the power of getting connected on LinkedIn, which can be through starting public conversations, 
can convert to contracts and private conversations down the road. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah. It's again, it's my natural personality meets the fact that I guess having an engineering degree makes my, the way I think about processes and creating like a flow diagram for how LinkedIn works, like Mm -hmm. very methodical or almost like having a a calculation an equation. And I'm, and I feel like LinkedIn's always evolving, always adding new features and new things. And you just have to constantly with any social media platform, constantly be learning and being up to date because it's ever changing and ever evolving. Yeah. And I, I love that. And obviously if you could see my bookshelf, you'd see like, um, all of the business strategy and and business mindset books, because even though algorithms will change, uh, we, as human beings, the way we want to spend time together, be in community, none of that really changes over time. So it's just the tools change, Mm -hmm. but the principles of trust building the principles of reciprocal behavior, getting back to people, like all that kind of stuff that we forget about matters more than the algorithm. Awesome. So (laughs) let's dive into LinkedIn because that's your specialty. And I know a lot of people on my LinkedIn followers, a lot of people listening to this episode, I think they all could use help, tips and tricks, how to leverage LinkedIn, how to use it the way they're supposed to use it, not spamming and not botting and doing all the stuff that we shouldn't be doing. So let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn newsletters. So I know you talked about that on the podcast and I really found that fascinating and how you can do that and some of the features and tips and tricks there. Yeah, so LinkedIn has rolled out this part of the platform that I consider to be like an engine. It's we all have heard about LinkedIn articles. I think mm-hmm. I'm hoping most people, if you yes. don't know what a LinkedIn article is, go Google it right now <laughs> and then come back. <laughs> but LinkedIn articles are long form type of blog content where you can embed things, you can link to. Um, it's like creating a blog for your website. So imagine having the power of the LinkedIn name behind your content. So say, for example, you're already writing a blog on your company's page and you're already trying to do SEO and you're trying to get traffic to your website. That's the power of LinkedIn, except LinkedIn's doing the heavy lifting of getting visibility to you, which then you can drive traffic to your website. So basically what I'm saying is LinkedIn articles now have an engine attached and it's called the newsletter. So people can subscribe to the newsletter. LinkedIn will email every single time that you then create an article that goes under your newsletter. So all your subscribers are going to get an email that comes from LinkedIn, not you trying to get their attention, but Mm -hmm. LinkedIn's trying to get the attention of your subscribers. I think that's massive. Yeah. It takes the pressure off of you and Mm -hmm. also takes that you know how everyone says, Hey, I don't want to be spammed or I don't want to, nobody judges you for spamming their email. They're going to judge LinkedIn. If they're going to want to turn it off, they're going to want to turn off LinkedIn, not you, which is really important to understand that that's the power of using the LinkedIn newsletter. So number one, that number two, they get a notification. And then number three, you get a a take up room in the newsfeed. And I guess the fourth way of getting visibility. So these are super visible. You got an email, 
you got a notification out to your audience, you got featured in the newsfeed, and the fourth way is long-term visibility in Google search. Because when people Google search a topic, LinkedIn's power of the name LinkedIn and Microsoft brings the Google search up even higher. So whatever you create underneath LinkedIn as part of your blog and your newsletter, that moves along visibility. It gets a boost because it's on LinkedIn. Oh, wow. So would you say it probably would make sense to do more of your content in LinkedIn versus on your website? Of course, have links in the content that you're posting on LinkedIn to your website, but it would make more sense to actually put it on LinkedIn. Yes. And I've seen a few really successful newsletters do this. There's one I think it's just called digital marketing and at Andy Crestodino, I have to get his name correct. We can put it in the show notes. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, Andy, shout out to you. I'm going to have to listen to your audio recording of how to say your last name. Um, But he has over 130,000 subscribers to his newsletter. Wow. And the strategy that they've done is they put out the first half of the blog that they have written. They've obviously written a really comprehensive blog. The second half you have to get over on the company blog website. So that's how they're moving traffic and it's been very successful. That's great. That's a great tactic. I hope everybody's yeah, I taking mean, notes because this is the new way of doing things. <laughs> yeah, so he's winning from two places. He's not on he's got 130,000 subscribers getting notified, email notifications, news feed, getting visibility in SEO, plus he's connecting it to his website. So double traffic and the biggest win for them is they realized how much past content they have from years of blogging that they're just resurfacing that past content and they're not even creating new content at this point. So for anybody that needs to repurpose content, here you go. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I, again, if, if I had all the time in the world for myself, that is a thousand percent, I'm doing it for clients. That's why I'm like, this is amazing. It's, It's really powerful, especially if you already have a YouTube channel, repurpose your YouTube channel. If you have a podcast, which we can talk about, Mm -hmm. repurpose your podcast into the LinkedIn newsletter because it's so powerful. Yes. And I'm going to have to start doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess what I would recommend for your podcast, if you want to be in the hot seat, I do is you, I did, does it go out to Spotify? Does Mm -hmm. it play on Spotify? Perfect. So Spotify has a relationship with LinkedIn, which means that when you put the link for Spotify into your new, into your article underneath your newsletter, it will auto play inside. Nobody has to leave LinkedIn to listen to your podcast. Nice which is the power of staying on a platform, right? Mm-hmm. Not losing them. So I would probably take probably the show notes or you know edit or polish a little bit so it's not just one big blob of transcript mm-hmm. and break it up into sections. And then that would be the body of the article and you would then link and put the Spotify player because it embeds right there. Nice. I guess that kind of leads to our next question then about podcast <laughs> episodes and embedding them on LinkedIn and the benefits of tips of that. So do you find that 
newsletters are kind of like, is it one newsletter you just keep adding to it all the time? Or are you creating new newsletters every week, month, whatever it is? So it's one newsletter. Okay. It's just one newsletter. You name it, you give it a description, you give it a frequency and you give it a logo. Oh, so okay. those are your assets and you're done. You're done with the newsletter. Okay. It's the articles that you create each time. Gotcha. So each time you write an article, you click that you want it to go out underneath your newsletter. I don't know why you wouldn't want it to go no. out under your newsletter. <laughs> Overthinking it. I, I think people will accept whatever you want to put under your newsletter. We're happy to read it. Um, we're not overthinking like that. So every single article you create could be each podcast episode. Okay. So yeah, every time you have a new podcast, the other thing you could do is I've seen people post, you know, celebrating, you know, our 50th podcast episode or celebrating um, some type of milestone, this many downloads. And when you get to those celebratory milestones, the LinkedIn platform operates just like a, you know, an office space where we like to go to the uh, break room and have cake and celebrate a milestone, so celebrate someone's retirement, celebrate someone's advancement in their career. The same thing happens on LinkedIn. So you could create a roundup article that says something like celebrating our 50th episode. And you could actually put like a picture of all 50 episodes, you know, some type of yeah. visual to celebrate it and then link the different episodes or the top most downloaded episodes, maybe the top five or top 10. That's a great idea. I'm not at 50 yeah, yet, it, but when I get to 50. Power <laughs> of just keep going. And yeah, I've got plenty of people that started podcasting a couple of years ago. And when they finally got to a hundred or 50, they were like, that's a big accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel it. I know the power of getting beyond even 10. So yes. Yep, exactly. Especially when you are interviewing, you have to take the time to find the guests you want to interview and, you know, schedule all that out. So it does take a little bit of time from there. When it's just you talking every time, I think it's a little bit easier for coordination yeah. purposes and scheduling and getting things done. Cause you could do a whole batch in one day and have the whole month done or the whole whatever done. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a never ending amount of content that can come out from a podcast. So once you either are on podcasts, that's the other thing about LinkedIn newsletters. I'm now taking podcasts that I've been a guest on and turning around and creating an article from that feature. Because if you have any content out in the world, you can turn it into an article, any mm -hmm. content. So that's great. Yes. I'm hoping everybody's taking notes here because I know from our space, a lot of the B2B we always are trying to find content and we are always trying to figure out what to post on LinkedIn and what's what we should do. And this is, you're giving such great information on what they can, what ISVs can do, what, what VARs can do, what any technology company can do to just better leverage and get more content out there on LinkedIn. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I probably have a pretty quick summary. I would say about some categories that people can post in. If people are like, what am I supposed to post? Number one, your business or podcast journey. I was even, as I was listening to you talk about, you know, trying to figure out the guest and do different things. I bet you could break down a article on the top 10 things I learned in my first year of podcasting. 
Mm-hmm. We would love that. We would love to know what tools worked for you, what um, strategies you learned about having and asking guests and doing different activities. The your peers and let alone the bigger world of podcasting would want to engage on that, which is really smart. The next category is having an opinion or an insight on your industry. That's where you could find maybe there's breaking news in your industry. Mm-hmm. And you would share your insights. We're here for you. Like, what is what, what do you think about this breaking news? So not just sharing the news, but saying what your thoughts are. Again, celebrating the success. We absolutely love that on LinkedIn. Finding a way to not just celebrate yourself, but you can even celebrate like the fact that you've had 10 guests. So I've made it to the first 10 guests. <laughs> if you want to, you know, put a milestone there. Um, your mindset around business and life and living a really good life. I mean, we were even talking about, you know, things happening in life and it all comes down to mindset so many times. Yes, definitely. And then, and then the last one, I would say the last category is just answering the questions that your ideal client has. If you publicly answer one question, we assume you have the answers to a lot more questions that your audience would have. Yep. I agree. All right. So let's, um, talk about LinkedIn audio, because I know that's the new hot topic, the new buzz on the street. So if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah. So LinkedIn audio is very slowly rolling out in 2022. I kind of caution everybody listening. If you're listening in 2022, um, hopefully it's out soon, but it's in beta right now, which means only 500 to 700 people in the world have access to LinkedIn audio to create an audio room, but every single person in the world can attend. Everyone can come to these rooms and listen, get on stage and talk. It's very similar to clubhouse. If anyone has spent time on there, it's similar to Twitter spaces. It's similar to any of these audio platforms where collaboration and sharing of our thoughts and opinions and knowledge can come together in an audio space. So I think it's really powerful for so many reasons. Number one, It's not a one-to-one conversation or even on Zoom when you feel like you have a group of, I don't know what to call it, like 20 people on a Zoom call and they're all little squares. Mm -hmm. There's a lot happening with video and distractions and feeling like you have to be in front of your computer. But when you have audio, you can walk around your house. It opens up the world to sharing leadership and thought leadership that may not have been somebody sitting at their desk able to do that. So from my perspective, as um, I'm a single parent, I have a lot of things I'm juggling. If I don't have to be on video all the time, Mm -hmm. I would prefer to share my thoughts and my leadership through audio. That's great. So it's kind of like a live podcast, so to speak, where you're just sharing where everyone's kind of having a conversation about certain topics, I'm assuming. Yes. And I've been recording the LinkedIn audio rooms that I've been running. I've, I started recording them about three weeks ago. So I have three potential episodes coming out because those LinkedIn audio rooms are really, really good content. We're talking about business. We're talking about um, we are talking about LinkedIn on LinkedIn, but we're also having conversations around, you know, unlocking something in someone's business. Or if somebody has a question, hey, how come this isn't working? 
um, how come this isn't, you know, this is glitching for me. What's going on? There's tech issues that we've covered from tech to mindset, I guess, is kind of like we've covered so many topics and it's really powerful. The speed of knowledge exchange Mm -hmm. can be so fast on audio. And so you can download it and save it and use it for other, like put on YouTube or just put it on your website or wherever it may be. So that's cool. Yeah. Wherever you can spread podcasts Mm -hmm. out from that's, you're basically creating, like you said, a live podcast on audio. It just, I think what it takes or what it helps with is the getting the speed of getting guests on. If you have an audio room and someone in the audience shows up and you can bring them up on the stage, you didn't have to coordinate. You didn't Mm -hmm. have to, and it feels more spontaneous, uh, a sense of a sense of energy is totally different. And you can obviously coordinate a guest to come on, but the conversation you're about to have feels more organic and feels just so it's so different when it's one to many. And it's less pressure, you know, less scripted. So really people can really talk from their perspective and not have, and then just come up with, and that's where new ideas usually come up too, is when it's not scripted, you're kind of all talking, you're hearing other people's perspectives. So that's really cool. It reminds me of when you go to a conference and you're all sitting around in the lobby and you're just having great conversations. And during that conversation, somebody may bring up a business issue. Somebody may bring up something they're working on, something they're excited about. So all the things that can come up can come up during an audio room on LinkedIn audio or any other place you wanna do audio. And I would say until you get access to LinkedIn audio, definitely spend time in audio rooms on LinkedIn so you can get familiar with the tool, start coming up on stage on rooms. Even if you're not the host, Mm -hmm. it's still really valuable to get conversations. I was just in an audio room the other day where it was all um, CMOs that had received top voice on LinkedIn. So these are all very well thought of, very celebrated, very, um, awarded CMOs. And so we forget that in all industries, people are really active on LinkedIn and they're accessible. So I was just mentioning how I got access to talk with a writer for HBO Max, and it was because of the LinkedIn audio room. Um, Same thing, iHeartRadio. I got a chance to talk with the products team because of LinkedIn audio. That's awesome. So the access to, people are always talking about how do I get access to people? go into these audio rooms that they're running because they're happening right now. They really are. And how do you find the audio rooms? Um, If you're on LinkedIn, start with the search bar and just type in the word audio and filter for events that say the word audio in them. And then of course, I have been maintaining a calendar that has all the audio events that I'm interested in or that I think would be interesting. So if you want kind of a curated business entrepreneur LinkedIn experience, you can actually follow and subscribe to my calendar because I maintain a public calendar for that. We'll put that in the show notes too then. Oh, that's great. (laughs) You have to give me all this information so I can just put it in there for everybody. Yeah, I mean, obviously I can't capture all when this rolls out to everyone, but I really want if people like the conversations I want to be a part of and that I think are interesting, 
then you definitely can subscribe because you'll get access to where I'm seeing. So I have NFT rooms on there. I have, um, of course, LinkedIn rooms that are not mine. I also am interested in talking more about LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. uh, business mindset, um, diversity, you know, DEI initiatives. And I like hearing what's happening in the corporate space. So sometimes that work-life balance conversation and everything under that whole umbrella, I'm, I don't know, I got a diverse interest, I think. That's great though. (laughs) And uh, while we wrap things up, if you could just share high level tips and tricks, someone just, whether they're starting out at LinkedIn or they just want to have a better presence on LinkedIn, what do you recommend? I would say the first thing I want everyone to know about LinkedIn is that LinkedIn as a platform values conversation. So when you think to yourself, I want to get visibility, I want to start posting. So many people come from the place of, I want to start posting. What do I post? That's like the first question. Mm -hmm. And every single client I work with and every single person I say, pause, don't post. And they're like, what? I want to post. I I said, go out and have conversations, go comment, go engage. And there's many reasons why, not just because I want you to just talk with people and go be public, but number one, LinkedIn doesn't know who to show your posts to. So when you start to post, people say, oh my gosh, nobody's liking, nobody's commenting. I'm posting your crickets. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's because you haven't done what LinkedIn values, LinkedIn values, conversation, go out and have conversation. And then LinkedIn will get you conversation. LinkedIn LinkedIn will reward you. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah. LinkedIn will come back and say, oh my gosh, that's great. You were commenting on Judy. We're going to show your post at the top of Judy's newsfeed next time she jumps on. So people who are engaging on my content, I end up seeing their content on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's valuing the connections and conversations we're having. So if you're not having a lot of conversations and you're just posting and posting and posting and you want that visibility, other platforms encourage content, 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 Mm -hmm. and being consistent. You actually are better off being a consistent commenter to gain traction on your platform, on your posts. That's something I did not know. So thank you. I'm going to start doing that more. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to pick a hundred people or it doesn't even mean you need to scroll your newsfeed. You could pick 10 people where you just love their posts. And here's the final kicker. Somebody who would be what's called reciprocal. For example, I, I love Sarah Blakely, but I don't know if she's ever going to like and comment on my content. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I would go try to network with your peers, people who would support you and you would support them. They don't have to be in the same industry, but I would start with that versus trying to just go comment on your ideal client because your ideal client may not be reciprocal back to you. They may be more of a lurker. They may be somebody who is going to just see that you're active, but never like and comment. And then of course you can't totally network with people that are out of your reach who are just really their admin team is just running LinkedIn or they're, they're just so popular. Like I love that Sarah Blakely and Brene Brown, when they post on LinkedIn, they get hundreds of thousands of likes and comments. So do you see where I'm saying, like, start Mm -hmm. with the people who will go back and forth with you, who you could pass a mic to on a virtual stage 
and say, what are your thoughts? And they will reply and engage and create that conversation that LinkedIn craves. So remember that everyone's all about conversations. Yes. <laughs> Not necessarily That's how you'll get conversations <laughs> on your content. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much, Judy. These, these insights, these tips, I mean, they are valuable. I hope everybody had a notebook and pen and just jotted everything down. We will share in the show notes where they can find you. Do you want to tell a little bit about what you do from a LinkedIn perspective? Yes. So I run a LinkedIn business accelerator. I like to create sustainable strategies for small businesses and leaders. So I lean into leadership, strategic networking, uh, tipping point energy of how do you get results without having to hustle so hard and sustainability. I 1000% believe that whatever you create, it should outlast an algorithm and not try to just play to the next algorithm change. That's so, awesome. That is what I do. <laughs> Sounds like a great job, actually. Thank you. <laughs> well, that I guess we will wrap things up then. So thank you so much again, Judy, for joining me. I'm so excited to when this gets published to hear everybody's feedback. I'm sure they'll all love all the tips and tricks that you shared. And thank you everyone for tuning in this week to the ISV Society podcast. I really do appreciate it. So make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share, and let me know any other topics you would like us, me to bring guests on or who to chat about, chat with, or any topics that you want to hear. So thank you and again, can I make Judy. one more? Piece? Yes, you can. And if you're listening right now and you want to make a post on LinkedIn, be sure to tag both of us. So that way we can all generate a conversation on LinkedIn around this podcast episode. It will help you and it will help us. So all of us will rise up together. Yes, I love it. So yes, thank you everyone for tuning in this week. Have a great week. Bye everyone. You've just listened to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to subscribe and or share with your team. I would love to also hear your feedback and share any tips and tricks or topics that you'd like to hear in my upcoming episodes. Have a great week.